so official. All right, what up, everybody? This is Sawyer Saloon. I'm here with my buddy, Spencer Caven. Spencer, how we doing, man? Doing well, dude. Thanks for having me. What is that trophy over your right shoulder? What did you uh, win? Oh, there's a bunch the- of trophies. Yeah, so all of those trophies are my brother's gymnastics trophies. Uh, he was in gymnastics. I knew. Champion. I was literally... I was going to say gay sex, yeah. and then you said gymnastics, <laughs> and I was like, wow, I was right there. <laughs> That's why I love living with him as the other guy, because I know any girls I bring over, I have no competition. That's right. Does he still do gymnastics? He does not. He taught it for a little bit, but now he's in pharmacy school. I don't know. He's trying to be successful or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, but you're you're DJing, and you're hosting up. And, yeah. That's what I'm saying. We're good. If you host an open mic, man, you're making it. Oh, dude, I had. Do you, do you guys ever do a featured comic at your open mic? Yeah, I do. I do it at everyone just to try and like build up some hype and give people more time. Yeah. And here's the thing. At your open mic, it seems like you you actually get a good attendance. Like there's people who come and see that. So they're going to enjoy. And for anyone who's listening who like doesn't know, it's, you know, open mic is you could have anywhere from Lake Charles is probably maybe like 30 people here. There's some mics where it's like, you know, up to 100 comics who are all signing up to do three minutes at this open mic. And there's not an audience here like Lake Charles. You guys have an audience at your mic. People come to to support and watch the comics. So I was the I was the featured comic at a mic last night, which is all all it is, is that I'm bumping like 40 comics yeah, who have to sit there and watch me perform for 15 minutes bitterly waiting for their <laughs> spot to go up. But that's the only audience because there right. are no audience that, like open mics aren't a draw here. So that's who I was performing for was just like in Austin. So insane that it's like people with like face tattoos and shit, just staring at me, just like nodding along as I do 15 minutes of material. <laughs> it was brutal. Br- absolutely brutal. Dude, that's tough for like any type of open mic in Austin. Cause from what I hear, that's how all of the audiences are. It's just, it's mainly just comics because all the people who are like, you know, doing well with it or doing better or have gotten in because of how the scene's grown. It's just, you you just work out material at like a book show, you know, whether you're doing that's a guest right. spot yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And there's like, like a million shows and there's a lot of really good free shows here. So it's like, if you want to, if you have one thing that's advertising like open mic, there's going to be 75 comics all going up. It's like, or I could go a few blocks away and there's like a free, pretty good show. Mm-hmm. You know, Jacob Gidry's on it. Nat's on it. Yeah. Whoever like it's, you know, it's they're, they're competitive with the page show. So. I don't know. Do you find, uh, how do you find, because I've had comics view differently about it. I've had some be like, so the graphic for the show, how important do you think it is to have the comics like names and stuff on there? zero it's no not. one's a draw it's not no nah, it's not at all yeah i remember feeling i remember somebody trying to make me feel embarrassed about it and i you know i don't really it's like the steps you got to go through but <clears throat> when i first started producing a show it would be everybody's face on the thing that's always really important and it was like hosted by spencer cavens and it's like a you know me like holding a mic laughing and i'm big and in the corner of it and then it's everyone's face and uh, this this guy who's pretty far along, San Antonio Comics, been doing it like 15 years. He was on the show. He was our book by headliner. And he goes, this flyer is like an open micer's wet dream where it's just <laughs> you want to put you and all your friends faces up, but no one gives a shit. Yeah. Like that's all room for other information. 
you know, or for like an interesting graphic where it's like, oh, that the the illustration appeals to me. This looks like it could be a fun show instead of just my fucking stupid head on the thing. Yeah, something else that could be like a draw. Um, yeah, the worst graphic I've ever seen. It was from Alexandria, and my buddy was like, "Yeah, this dude hit me up to be on a show. He was another comic from here in Lake Charles, and he sent me the graphic." And it was just like, it looked like the Brady Bunch. There were 15 comics on the show and on the graphic. And his face was like, they had to edit it. So it was only like the top half of his face that was actually on the graphic. Yeah. And people look at that and they're like, this is good. I'm going to put this out there, you know? Oh, dude. the the My favorite are black flyers for black shows. Oh, dude. They're, they're, they're so good because it's just like, like, there's like chicks on it, like hot, <laughs> like ratchet chicks on the thing. And there's so many, there's so many performers' names on them, and they're all insane. They all, it's like they're comics, but it's all just like Twisted Oreo. Yeah. Like, but that's the name <laughs> of the performers. Um, and then you're like reading it, and it's like music at six o'clock, comedy at 7 30, and then it's like $20 a plate. And it's like, wait, there's food? Like, what is this show? And it's like $1 oysters. What is the show? <laughs> is it music? Is it oysters? Is it a strip club? Or I don't, I don't know what it is. The the black flyers are my favorite. Dude, they're, they're so awesome. And like, I think it's so funny because they're, it's never like at their actual names. Like they all have nicknames. Like, and uh, yeah. And that's, I used to think of it as like, it's almost like it's they're Lord of the Rings characters. Like, cause it's like, uh not the not the <laughs> hilarious or you know whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like like gimli the brave but yeah. their thing's all just like like demarius the hilarious yeah. it's like okay it's so funny man. and you know what's funny those guys are often uh i think black comics have like a really high baseline mm-hmm. for funny like like america just in general like one they just have black people are funny like like they have good sense of humor but also i think america's like pretty ready to like laugh with them uh but oftentimes when you see that guy who has the like the the name like what you're describing where it's like darius the hilarious he's never that good yeah (laughs) he's always just kind of hovering around that same baseline he's been at for like 10 years like he's not bad he's just not that good yeah there's something about a stage name that kind of fucks you like you can't grow past it or something i don't know what it is yeah, I've never done a stage name. People have, I don't know why people feel like you, you should do a stage name. I'm like, why? What is the, what's the point of having one, you know? Why do they say that? I don't know. They're just like, oh, you do, you do stand. It comes from people who are like not in an entertainment space. And they're like, oh, you should have a stage name. Something that catches people's attention. You know what? I feel like I think they're just thinking of something to say. Yeah, I think that's it. Because I bet if you ask, I bet if you, I bet if you ask like really sincerely, you were like, what are, I'm just curious, like, what are, what's the kind of main advantage to that? Do you think, what are the main reasons? They'd be like, I don't know, it's just fun. Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> They'll probably just say a guy with a stage name's name at you. And you'll be like, okay, you just are making, you're being nice. You're trying to make conversation. It's okay. Yeah. Dude, that is in Lake Charles. As far as anybody knew about comedy, we had this girl, Jen Cober. You know who Jen Cober is? Mm-mm. she's a she's she's the only one who's like made it big out of late charles her and this other guy jeff d but jen like J- she was in the episode of the mandalorian she was in american reunion she was uh natasha leone's or whatever her name is uh like her wife that she shows up with like yeah so but she travels all around and uh i don't know why i was talking about that i'm gonna be honest with you 
Uh, Does she have a stage name? No, she doesn't have a stage name. Uh, oh, but as far as, <laughs> as as far as like what people know about comedy, like in Lake Charles, they know Jen Cobra, and then they know all of the guys that come through to the casinos, which is Larry the Cable Guy, Jeff Foxworthy. Oh Larry, yeah. yeah, yeah, Ron White, Rodney Carey. Yes, boy, did they love Rodney Carey. Rodney, dude, that is Dean Dean Stanfield, <laughs> the great Dean Stanfield. That is his favorite comedian. He's tried to get me for years to like get into him, and I I tried listening, and I was like. You know, I'm just gonna have to chalk this one up to like nostalgia for you. Yeah. Like, like, like there's certain, like, there's, I love the, I say I love the movie Arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. I bet it's dog shit. I haven't seen it in years, but I loved watching it as a kid. It was so scary, like, you know, sleepovers and watching it. So I think I like it. That's Dean with Rodney Carrington. I think, unless I don't know, does it hold up? Not really. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> I get the advertisements for it and, um, and I heard one of his jokes. They was like, man, you, you, uh, nobody can get divorced anymore. You got to stay together. You know, a pack of baits cost uh, $20 now. And then it was like laughter. And I was like, God damn it. This is what people think is funny. A pack of dates? A baits, like a fish baits. Of... Like, uh, oh, yeah. good God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, this is like, uh, none of the, like the blue collar comedy or even like Southern, like people keep telling me I got to check out this new dusty sleigh, um, special that came out. I don't know. And I think it's just like chalk it up to like lived experience and just no relation. But like, I don't like comedy that comes out of the South that is still very like South focused. I just like can't fuck with. Mm-hmm. And it's probably cause I just, I don't relate to it at all, but it's also just feels very uncreative to me. Yeah. Cause you're a Northern boy, right? I'm, I am. I'm a northern boy, um, and it just—I don't know. It's weird. It's like it seems. I think any anybody who's I don't, comedy that's like based on identity is boring to me. So it's not just a southern thing. Well, I—I I mean, I've black comics who are uh, black friends who are comics who, when I see them go up and their whole thing is just like a lot of white people here. What up? Uh, oh yeah, you—you you look like you type an email to the manager talking about hello, please, sir. Like anything that's like just strictly identity driven on stage is so boring yeah uh but also a, a lot of like the the south comedy we get a lot of them here in austin it's interesting to watch uh them have to like kind of form i feel like austin's a good stepping stone for that where you you make it awesome and then it's like okay these are people from all over the country so i can still go out and hit some of these places where like my material really does resonate but then also i can kind of mold it to like the 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 younger metropolitan audience mm-hmm. seems kind of good for that so y'all dude every time i've gone and done a show in austin the crowd has just been extremely diverse like you never know what you're gonna get with the audiences uh is that how you feel i maybe not in terms of color about. okay <laughs> you think i mean they're they're all white do you mean diverse in terms of like emotionally diverse or like just like different did you mean like uh like ages too like a lot of the shows that I put on, we get a lot of like couples and they're like 40s and 50s. That's like a lot of the people that come out. Uh, but y'all have people like younger people, like people in their 20s, like, you know, maybe even college people that like come out. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do get that. I, I was, the cool thing about Austin is that I don't think it's it's not a super diverse place in terms of audiences although i guess if you go if you do east austin comedy club that probably feels a l- maybe a little more diverse than most mm-hmm. like kind of center vulcan and it's i mean it's it's all white people 
which is why it's hard to work out a lot of like racial stuff. Like I, I literally will go to Houston and I'll go with a bag of like, all right, these are like race related jokes that I have. So I got to try them all here. So I got to work on these all weekend in Houston and fucking bomb with this like new idea because you can't get, but you can't get a good read in Austin because like, I need to see, I need to see like uh, black people in the audience or Mexican people in the audience and see like, what do they think of the joke? Mm-hmm. And you don't really get that in Austin, but what you do get that's cool is you get like these really young hip crowds, which you have seen mm-hmm. at like East Austin. And, and then you can drive just 25 minutes out of the city and suddenly you're in like pretty conservative, you know, what we would call like the salt of the earth, you know, people that are, you know, Christian conservative, going to be a little less lenient. And so, and you can do the same jokes in one night and see like, how did they hit? So when I'm talking to some, you know, gay Asian girl with a septum piercing, who's very hip, what does she think about the joke? And then in that same night, I can go and see just some working class dude who just drove up in a, you know, uh, a you know Toyota Tacoma mm-hmm. and still has some mud on his boots and see what he thinks about the same joke. You know, do you have that in Lake Charles or are you mostly performing for, you know, I felt like in terms of age, it felt pretty diverse when I did mm-hmm. uh, library riot. Yeah. It was all white people, but it felt like <laughs> it was, there were some college people all the way up to like 50s, 60s. I felt like. Yeah. There's a, there's normally a good like every now and then we'll have like college people in just because i know so many people who are that age and like they'll come out to see the show uh but like for a for like i guess like a cold audience for people you wouldn't expect to come out that that kind of stuff happens every now and then uh honestly like every five or six shows we'll have a whole show where it's just people who are like 60 and above and they'll all come out yeah and uh yeah. sometimes sometimes that can ruin the show because they're just so stick in the mud and then they get drunk and if they don't care which a lot of them don't they'll just start talking to each other then it's just like a huge distraction the whole time so i don't know when they're si- when they're 60 year olds yeah yeah cuz they don't give a fuck cuz you're 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 we're babies to them mm-hmm. we're not even like men to them we're babies <laughs> so they're like i don't i don't care what this guy's like take is yeah you know they don't care. Yeah. They've never used a dating app before. You know, they don't, they don't know. Yeah. There's like, I think maybe the, I mean, the worst audience member in the world, potentially, not mm-hmm. all the, these people are, but is uh, a hot young girl. Oh, absolutely. Like that's always the, you know, that's the most, like they're the most, like they don't want to laugh and they're, they think you want to fuck them and you do. And, uh, and they've also like they're drinking and they're down. They'll heckle. They have so much confidence that they'll mm-hmm. say whatever during a show. Um, they're they are take pride in like showing you that like you're not making them laugh. So there's that. But they can also be very fun. So, but th- that's like the no- and then below them, dude. It's a specific type of. It's like the the kind of tough. Uh, 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 conservative blue collar guy who like they're fucking these are typically like great audiences but mm-hmm. there's a like a, a macho-ness to that where they love to let you know that you're not making them laugh they think what you're doing is gay and I'm gonna keep talking to my friends and I'd love to see you try to do something about it like right. there's a confrontation there they're confrontational mm-hmm. they're just very like kind of very masculine in that way. And they're, and you are, 
you're you're by definition to them you're like a theater kid you're like a thespian on stage they see no difference you're like doing improv for them and they're like yeah i'm gonna have some beers and talk really loudly with my friends and let's see what you want to do about it yeah do you do you know what i'm talking about oh absolutely we had so we used to do shows at these daiquiri shops and daiquiri shops Ooh. are the worst places to go and do oh man why do they keep doing comedy I'm, why has everyone done comedy at a daiquiri shop because they keep paying us that's what that's why we yeah. were doing it and yeah. uh but my buddy Chase, he goes up on stage and he's talking and this one dude at the bar just won't shut up. And it's about as big as like East Austin, like if there were no walls. Uh, so and then he goes, hey, man, like, you know, I'm telling jokes up here and he goes, you're up there and I'm over here. It'll be all right. And then just kept talking. And they're just they don't give a fuck. It's a lot of like blue collar uh, guys that go there, they just got off of work. They don't want to fucking listen to anybody. They just want to drink, get fucked up, and then go home. Yeah, yeah. It's it's brutal. Also, what you're describing, I'm, I take it, they didn't go to the daiquiri shop for the show. They're no. there to get daiquiris and a show's happening. Exactly, yeah. Which is also, that's horrendous. Horrendous, yeah. <clears throat> and anytime you bomb someone and you're like, hey, we got a comedy show that's starting right now. And they have no idea. It's never. It's never going to be a good time because they're yeah. they they really don't give a fuck then. Because you can't be like, "Hey guys, I'm up here doing my jokes. Respect me." <laughs> they don't respect you. <laughs> they don't. They don't care. Yeah. What do you? I mean, so you host a lot of shows. Yeah. Right. Like you. So you have, which I think is like the the best. I think. I think it makes. I think it's the single thing that makes you like good quickly. Mm-hmm. Um. I always have to preface this stuff. I'm like, I don't actually know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm too young in the comedy, but, but like from personal experience, I do feel like having to go and, and wrangle these crowds. It just does. It makes you good. If you do anything that sucks that bad, as much as cold opening, like a, a rowdy bar show or an open mic, you are going to get better. Um, but now you're kind of, I've, I've seen you in Lake Charles. You're kind of the man there. I say, you know, I'll say it for you. That's what I thought the trophy was for is just for being the fucking, you're like slinging dick around the bars at, you know, uh, where was the place we went? Fucking Dirty Harry's or something. (laughs) (laughs) OBs. Oh, I lost you for a second. All right, guys, time to bring you a message from one of our sponsors, uh, Gay Sex. Just kidding. It's just gymnastics. All right. Um, okay, hold on. I'm back on. Some, so, somebody called me, and uh, I'm. Uh, it grabbed my it grabbed my Bluetooth. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear okay. you. Okay, sweet. Sorry. I, I, what I was, what I was getting at is, uh, uh, do you, do you feel like you get some level of like respect now? You've been doing shows there for a while. I feel like people know you. Everyone seems to be a fan. Yeah. So I've been doing it for about four years, and so the cool thing is to see how it's actually built into something that people, like, like you said, respect is like a brand almost, like Lake Charles comedy, and so, but they associate that with me just because it's a small town and it's just you know I'm the only person you know doing it. But what I what I thought was really funny is like, I, like I said, I've been doing comedy for four years, and a few months ago, uh, my buddy was talking to me, and the person that he was talking to, everybody always says you're funny, 
like, oh yeah, man, you know, that was funny. You know, that's whatever. And they were talking to him and they said, you know, Jacob's actually really funny. And it was like, but they had been telling me that they thought I was funny for years. And so I, I don't take yeah. that because you never know like what they what sure. they really think if they're just being nice or not. So it's cool to see that like people that like people are now starting to accept it as like this is not just some weird thing he's doing. He's not just an open micer. Uh, this is like a for real like comedy experience that's being put on. Yeah, I yeah, totally. It's uh, and that is awesome. That moment where you, you know, what's funny, too, though, I, I always get. I remember being at like various levels of being like, Ooh, now I want my friends to see me. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and like, you know, I remember doing that. Well, actually your, your story is the craziest. Cause then it wasn't your first time doing comedy. You were doing it in front of all of your friends and you did like yeah. 35 minutes. All of my friends, uh, me and my buddy both did half an hour of material we'd never done before. I had a whole bit where I like my cousin left a box of stuff after Christmas and I went through all of his stuff and had a joke for each piece that I pulled out and just like, you know, carrot top shit. Uh, absolutely terrible. Uh, yeah. What was your first experience like? Doing Santa? Yeah. I, uh, I, it, it wasn't that I was, uh, <laughs> I'd gone, I'd been wanting to do it for, for a really long time. And then I was about to turn 28 the next day. So, so it would have been, june 3rd of 2019 uh and so i i knew i was about to turn 28 and i told myself like years before i was like i'm gonna do stand-up and that year i told myself like i'm gonna do stand-up i'm gonna start doing stand-up this year and i never did i was too scared i would just i would write jokes i would eat myself dude i I have such an embarrassing i'll show you the next time we're we're together i have a really embarrassing video of me doing stand-up I still drank then too. So I'm just like, I'm trapped <laughs> three in the morning and I'm in front of my bathroom mirror, <laughs> holding my phone, doing stand up to see what I would look like on stage. But Jacob, here's the worst part. I'm doing crowd work. You <laughs> did the crowd work to nobody. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice bathtub. I was, doing, I was doing rehearsed stuff and I'd be like, no, I know. I know. Hold on. Stay with me. And like, like doing that kind of shit as I'm telling these fucking dog shit jokes. <laughs> And so, so anyway, so I'd been trying to do it for a while and then, uh, uh, or, or wanting to do it. I desired doing it. And then I went skydiving because that like terrified me. And I was just like, I'm going to try to do this. It's like, what's my biggest fear? And it's like fucking falling out of a plane pretty high up there. And so I did, I, I went skydiving and then I went and got sushi with this girl and we drank a bunch of sake and she had done open mics before. So she had been trying to encourage me to go. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, I was like, do you want to do it tonight? And I was so scared. And I just, I, I got like drunk all day and I drank like multiple double bourbons before going up. And then I went up and I told the story about my homeless brother. And there was actually a lot, and this was, a, it's the, the mic isn't even around anymore, but it was like a notoriously like bad, shitty bar mic on a Saturday night. That's all comics. I actually remember I got, I got, uh, there was one line that I had that got the, like a whole room pop. Like a big, like all the comics were laughing and I would do, and the rest was obviously a bomb, yeah. but I would sit there for like two weeks. I sat there and just played that laugh back over and over. And I just keep scrubbing the video because obviously I videotaped it. Yeah. Everybody does that. They videotape. It's just the worst three minutes of footage. <laughs> it's, so on. it's worse than watching a beheading video. <laughs> I'd rather jack off to a beheading video than go and watch my first three minutes. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> 
but I would just keep playing that part back where I got the laugh. And, and that was like, uh, that was like, you know, it's like just doing bumps. It made me feel so good to hear that. Yeah. I now, remember not so much. I wish it still yeah. felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough to hit that high again. Like I, it's, I don't know. No. It's, it's tough. Um, dude, I remember one of my first mics, I was in Lafayette and I was up there and I was, I, I, th- I think I was crushing, you know, you always feel like you're crushing. So I'm up there, I'm like, <laughs> I'm crushing, I'm killing it. And then I see the, the host give me the light. But in my head, this is like the second open mic I've ever done. I'm like, dude, I'm doing so good. She's taking a picture of me. Oh. And, then, and then, uh, and then she was like, and I was like, oh, my bad. I mean, all right, guys, that's my time. I went over, I ended up doing like seven minutes because I was just, I just thought she was doing a photo. <laughs> oh, no. At a mic? Time. At a mic. Yeah. And did you record any of it? I think so. Yeah. I did, I just went through and I, dude, I don't know about you, but I've recorded a whole bunch of sets and I've listened to about 5% of them. <clears throat> yeah. I don't listen to it unless I felt like either I did something really good or really bad. Mm-hmm. I think that's like my general rule is like, if I did something good and I'm like, Oh, that, that new joke really seemed to work. I wonder why. Or if I just, I'll listen to the really bad ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, dude, you know, it, it's funny because I, I like just started editing like little clips to put out mm-hmm. just in the last like few months. And I'm almost, I'm coming up on like five years in now. I'm like four, four and a half years in. And it's interesting now because watch, and I, I'm just starting to do it. And I resent it even now. I'm like, I hate that I have to do this. I hate that I'm even putting out like content this way. But what's weird is, dude, I, I hosted, uh, I hosted the Cap City open mic. So Cap City is like, you know, one of the, it's like an institutional like club. It's owned by Helium here. And so it's a, it's a good, it's a good mic. You you want to do it. You want to do well on it. It can, it can actually lead to like them giving you other stuff. So they, they had me hosting it. And afterwards there's all these new comics who signed up for the mic that want to talk to me afterwards which they don't realize i'm like i'm like i'm nobody you could be doing this next week if you want like i'm not a guy i'm not a guy but they all want to come and talk and it was funny because the stuff that they were asking about was and again not that they should have been asking anything i have no wisdom to share but the stuff that they were asking about was not comedy really it was all clip related everything that people are starting now it's all focused on like like how do you how do you like record your sets was this being recorded mm-hmm. um do you feel like do you do you like always do you put out a clip like from every set or is it something that you should do more sparingly it was crazy hearing them talk and then i was watching them build rapport with each other being like i just did a clip a couple days ago i was like oh really how'd it do and it's like ah you know it got like 11 likes but i'm playing around with the hashtags i'm like this is like your fifth mic why what are you doing why are you doing this well yeah focus on being funny first yeah, 100%. Even now, I feel like I'm like, I, I would love to, you know, I would love, I would prefer to not put out anything until it's like, I'm literally passed at a club that does like professional video work all the mm-hmm. time. And I'm performing there so much that I can just do like multiple crowd work sets every week and put those out. Like that to me is the way to do it. But, you know, that's, that doesn't exist here. So you kind of have yeah. to do it yourself. Because didn't it just pass, uh, pass Cap City and Mothership are the only ones to be passed at in Austin, right? 
Yeah, Cap City doesn't even really pass you. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll they'll give you work, but yeah, Mothership's kind of the only place that's like, oh, you're in, and now you get regular. Like mm-hmm. that's the only place where you call in for spots is Mothership. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that's the very old LA style <clears throat> that they have. I think they're just trying to replicate, you know, all of that over there. Yeah. But I want to hear more about your journey. And to stand up, like, t- talk to me about Slam Time Live, the podcast that you and Nat do. I've I've been listening to so God. many episodes. There, it's so much fun just to hear you guys banter, and y'all are so quick, and like everything just turns into just like a new story or a new accent or a new whatever that's popping up. And I just I love it, man. It's it's one of the funniest podcasts that uh that i've listened to maybe it's just because like we know each other, so it's like funny to hear yeah. you guys talk, and so it's just like hanging with the boys. But it's it's so goddamn funny, man. That dude, it's so funny that you say this, and you actually sent me that really nice message where you're like, I almost dropped the bar on myself working out because I was laughing at something you guys said. And I hate to tell you this, <laughs> we had we had maybe like the day before decided we we're not going to do the podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, we finally got a we finally got a, a true blue fan, and we don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, we stopped. We stopped doing it. Uh, it, it. It was a lot of fun. Nats is super funny, uh, and there was like great. I, I, there was moments that were like great on it, but it also, I don't know, man. It feels like the 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 th- three three white guys riffing on a podcasting. It's just like it's being done by so many people at such a high level that I'm like, I just don't. I don't think the, the amount of time I was spending on it now. It's like that. It's yeah. never gonna crack. I think if you spend time building yourself up and then start a podcast, people will go listen to the podcast. But I think it's hard to do the other way around now. I think so too, especially because like you said, I mean, this is just like, even this, this is just two white guys talking. Like how many people are actually going to be interested in this that don't know who we are? Nobody. Yeah. So it's just until you build yourself up and you have your own following. So then like, it helps if you already have something built that they can just go to, but yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of work that people don't realize. The amount of people who've just hit me up, like, dude, we should start a podcast. We should do videos. We should do this. And I'm like, okay, who's going to pay the video guy? And I just asked that one question. They're like, oh, I just thought like maybe someone could do us a favor. And I'm like, that's not how that works, you know? And about, I mean, in Austin, there's yeah. so many people. So I feel like you could easily have somebody <clears throat> else who's like, oh, I want to do this. So like y'all would both, you know, put it in the hours for free and do the free work. But over here we have like, I have two guys that I know who actually film stuff and record and know what they're doing. And if you yeah. want to use them, you got to pay them. Right. Yeah. Right. So that kind of, that's, limits. that's, that's the other tough thing. Yeah. Everybody starts like a podcast and they want to get, cause dude, I feel like so much of, it's kind of like going back to like people with the real thing. So much of like people in comedy. And I, I did this too. I'm no different. Like when I first started, I mean, I'm still pretty new at it, but like when I like first, first started, I made a lot of the same mistakes, like trying to, you want to appear like a professional. Everybody, it's like, oh, I started comedy. It took me long enough. So now I kind of just want to feel like I'm one of the guys right away. And part of that is it's like, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to pay for like real studio time. And it's like, I don't know. I, it still feels like a lot of the content shit. Uh, it just feels like a distraction from just be, getting funnier. Yeah. And just, just being, being unden- not even undeniable because uh being undeniably you on stage it's like everything else just pulls away from that i feel like mm-hmm. you know like projects are great but it's just like i think you have to check in with yourself and be like 
what's where am I spending my time? You know? Yeah. We all that and I hate editing. Dude, editing is so it's so tedious and annoying. And that's why people charge so much to do it because it takes hours to do. I have a little uh man on the street interview show that I do called Jacob Talks. And I'll like I'll post it, we'll film maybe like 20 videos. And it'll take him a few weeks to get everything to me just with all the editing. And some of these clips are like a minute long or some of them are like, you know, like maybe 15 seconds long, but it's still just with all the editing. Yeah. If you want it to look good and then you got to match up the audio. And then if you want captions and if you're editing in, you know, other pictures or stuff or graphics, it just, it takes so much time to make it look nice. Yeah, dude. It, <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny with comedy. I, I love these moments where you're like, it's all for naught. Yeah. Like, it's all for naught. You spent so much time. You spent so much time. Ooh, this clip. And you know what? I bet it really is funny. I bet it's fucking great. And you and you, it's just perfect. And it's like, oh, I had this great moment with a friend and the chemistry's there. And we each had such a great back and forth. I'm going to edit it and caption it. And there's going to be an image. And then you put it out and it gets fucking four likes. And then you watch somebody that you know it's like literally them being like white women when mr brightside comes on and it's just <laughs> some guy with a towel on his head doing a dance in a bathroom and it got 50 million views and he's doing ads for pepsi on his instagram like yeah. it's it's sick dude i did the um have you done the mothership mic yet i have it no okay you, you know how it's like essentially i've stopped viewing it this way i really do just view it as a mic but like mm. he, kind of is ostensibly like an audition for adam egan yeah. who runs the mothership because he is there and he's in the back and if you do i mean i you i would say if you do well enough he'll tap you but that's not true because you could go and slam there but if you do something that draws his eye mm -hmm. he'll ask you to come back so it's so funny because i've done it i've done it many times and a lot of people have this real frustration where they're like dude i go up and i kill in that room and he never says anything to me but then this guy will get it and i'm like dude it's just the game like that's just what i've never been asked back you know yeah. and um and i was i was there and i was there with uh, uh dave J, another very funny comic and we're both just like stand-ups we're not like characters on stage we're not particularly novel um arguably forgettable but we're watching this guy go up and he's like he looks like uh like a, a lin-manuel miranda if he was a wrestler <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like he's got, he's got like, he's like got long greasy Puerto Rican hair and it's in like ringlets and his whole thing is he talks like this. He talks like a fucking rapist the whole time. And, well, and like you, his first, do you know this guy's name? Line, uh, his name's George. I've met it. He's very normal off stage. I just, I did a comedy festival in Texas, in Paris, Texas with him this past weekend. You just met him. Yes. yes okay. Yeah. Mm. And, and his whole thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he's like rubbing his yeah, nipples and he goes yeah. like, hey, mothership, daddy's home. <laughs> uh. And he's just making sex noises and then calling people. He goes, you're a fucking fat pussy. Yeah. Like the, the people on stage, right? That's his whole thing. And he goes, his first joke is he goes, he goes, I just got in from the retard strangling contest. Ah. <laughs> uh. Boy, is my neck sore! <laughs> like, and like that's the act. And I turn, I turn to Dave, and I go, "Watch him get the tap. Watch him get the tap." I'm calling it right now. He gets off stage. He goes into the back to grab his like hat and his coat, and then is talking to Adam Egan for like 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't like. I love that. I knew it. So it's the best thing about comedy is that it's just all for naught. <laughs>
You know what I mean? Because Dave a... went up and crushed with great yeah. jokes about his kids and his life and his wife, and Adam couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, no one cares. It's like, no, tell that guy you're going to rape him and rub your nipples. That is hilarious. Like, and I get it, and, and he's not even wrong. Yeah. Like, George is not a hat. He's not bad. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's just trying to be smart up there, you know? That's so fucking funny, man. Well, look, dude, the timer's about up. We got two minutes left. Uh, I'm going to end the recording. But, dude, thanks for coming okay. on. Yeah, dude, thank you for having me. I love you. You're the man, by the way. It makes me very happy to uh, to have sung your praises and then watching other awesome comics like link up with you and be like, you were like, Jacob's the guy. Um, so any anytime you come to Austin, let me know and I'll do whatever I can to like get you on stuff and uh, heavy vouch. I know you will. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Jacob. Have a good one, man. You Thanks too. for having me.